Hello, this is Kim Davis, and welcome to another one-on-one podcast. And joining me today, I have Robin Rittenor of Marketo and SVP, but your title's complicated, so I'm going to let you take it away. Yes, so um, my title is um, SVP of Business Development and um, the Partner Ecosystem, and um, which has a pretty large remit. Uh, on the BD side, uh, my team is responsible for developing new partner product, so um, integrated innovations, integrated gap filling, um, yeah, new relationships or partnerships at the big strategic level. And then on the um, partner ecosystem side, it's driving partner strategy with services partners, agencies, um, and big GSIs to help us sell and deliver. And then on the ISV technical side or technology side with LaunchPoint, um, it's really around um, driving um, an open platform capability um, and customer choice across you know, 650 third-party ISVs across 22 categories. And so it's a fairly large remit. Okay, <laughs> that's well done. That you can remember a little and do it is, <laughs> is impressive. Um, and we, we met earlier this year at a Marketo Summit in San Francisco, and I, I'll be posting the link to what I wrote about that along with the podcast. And uh, there's some important things discussed there, for example, Marketo's partnership with Infor, and really a kind of, not a relaunch, but an assertion of Marketo as evolving from a marketing automation solution to an open marketing platform. So maybe you could touch on that a little bit, and then we'll get into some new things. Sure. So um, a year ago, Marketo was known as a data hub. Um, and um, with third-party apps and our own um, internal uh, applications. Um, When Steve Lucas uh, joined uh, in October, um, we repositioned ourselves, and he actually kind of unrolled that hub um, and and started to put us out into the marketplace in the way that um, really broadened our capability, uh, which we were able to do, but um, again, positioning us more as a platform where we had... um, the, the third-party um, ISVs became much more important um, to our customers. They were important in the first place, but now we could expose that. Um, and then we had our native apps that will continue to grow. Um, but positioning us as a, as a, a data um, you know, marketing engagement platform with progressive profiling and really driving more on um, our ability to capture multiple data points of data um, and then do the analytics and, and make, take the complexity that marketers face every day and drive simplicity you know, through, through a platform play. Okay, and the partnership with Infor gives Marketo much greater exposure globally, doesn't it? Correct. Um, when we also started to look at how we um, create value for in, in customers. Um, Infor was a natural uh, partnership opportunity for two reasons. One, um, in our B2B play, um, manufacturing, distribution you know, is, is core to their install base. Um, two, they were driving a CX practice and our engagement platform with their Infor CRM and MRM uh, made a, a very nice CX suite, right. um, which we're seeing pretty significant demand now that we've released that value to the market. Now, you mentioned CX and experience and engagement, both start with E <laughs> conveniently, on everyone's lips right now. And we were just talking informally before uh, we hit record, talking about the way in which 
the focus on marketing technology and data for marketing has clearly spilled over into other aspects of the customer experience. Um, how real is this change? I mean, how much is marketing just kind of crossing, uh, crossing borders now? You know, I think it starts with the role of the CMO, um, their budget, their scope. And you, you look at where customers are engaged um, or engaging with the brand. They're engaging through sales. They're engaging through marketing channels. They're engaging through service, customer service. So from a marketer's perspective or CMO's perspective, um, they have to be able to do two things. One, capture what those prospects and customers are doing across the, all mm-hmm. of those channels. Yep. Um, and then being able to, to have visibility into it, a you know, single view of that customer, which means that from a CMO's perspective, the breadth of what they have to manage from a data perspective has, has broadened tremendously. So when you look at what marketing has to, um, a, a marketing technology to support a CMO's role, right. it has to go across all of those in order to get a single view of the customer. Um, you know, it goes back to if you look at ABM as now a hot topic, yes, because it connects the marketing and sales funnels and the efficiency between you know marketing and the leads and the demand gen that they're creating, um, and the data around what the customers are doing there or prospects to sales in real time. Okay, and I, I guess this is going to vary from company to company, but the someone's got to own this, and for a lot of companies, it is going to be the CMO with an expanded role. Maybe some companies you have the COO or somebody else to come in and own it, but there's a lot to own. There's a lot to own. And if you think about content across all of those yeah. channels and you think about the data across all of those channels, and more importantly, the revenue. So when, <laughs> being able yes. to drive um, leads and focus on what the customers and prospects are doing, but more importantly, how do you capture when that conversion happens? How do you turn them from a prospect to a customer to an evangelist and then the ability to cross-sell and upsell and, and stay with your product for a period of time? Um, again, the breadth of the CMO and the new role of the CMO isn't around just marketing. It's around you know the, the customer journey now. Yeah, the customer journey. And, and before we go further, I should mention a bit about your background because with Marketo now, but you've also been with SAP, Salesforce, Adobe. <laughs> so pretty broad perspective on the marketing technology scene. Yes, and you know each one has their place. Yeah. Um, and, and they're each positioned actually, frankly, differently. We look at, at, at a lot of them being competitive to us, and mm-hmm. they're only competitive when you look at them in terms of a, a broader suite. Um, but again, I think Marketo is extremely well positioned um, for two reasons. One, the ability of the progressive profiling, the openness of the platform for the CMO to create their own alternative stack. Um, and then own every, be able to build all of the channels in which a prospect or customer could engage with the brand, which means that they own the prospect and customer. Right. And there are different approaches to this general CMO challenge, which we've, we've seen playing out over the last year or so, from one vendor providing you with a complete suite, to the extent anyone can. I mean, not literally complete in most cases, but really, soup to nuts, everything comes from the one vendor, at the other extreme, you had what some people call the Frankenstack, where you go out, you grab lots of single point solutions, and you, you bring in someone who understands how to stitch them together, and you end up with a real collection. And those approaches, which I, I almost caricature them, they both have obvious drawbacks. With the first one, you're captive. I think you taught me the phrase captive clouds. You're, you're kind of trapped in there. 
the other end, with the changes all the time in the market and the new solutions coming out, you could spend the rest of your life integrating and trying to make things work together. I can see things happening between those two extremes, though. Where do you see it going? Um, I see a lot of consolidation happening in the MarTech ad tech space. If you take a look at you know, Scott Brinker's <laughs> the, yep. the slide that you can't even identify logos anymore, um, there's, there's already consolidation happening within those categories. Um, I also think that as the definition of engagement and the types of channels that, um, that, that are being created, um, there's going to be new, um, you know, new ISVs popping up, and, and I'll give you an example. Um, you know, Oculus as a as oh. a channel for VR, right? For yeah. um, luxury and considered purchase for you know cars. Build your car, take a look at it. it that's that's an you know an obvious new channel. Or um, you know, Uber as a channel. Or yes. you know, there or there's IoT as a channel. <laughs> so yeah. your refrigerator. So I think um, I think as we continue. To, to define what the engagement economy or the experience uh, looks like and what that data looks like and you know how we as customers demand real time mm -hmm. um, the channels will change and that's actually why I think there's a core need that um, yeah, I think all technologies you know provide the core it's the technology that allows you to grab the data in real time on what the customer is doing and how the customer is changing what they're doing with your brand um, and then your ability to give the customer you know, what they demand, which is you know real-time personalization at scale, um, and you know through multiple channels. Um, and what's interesting is, um, in the old days, we always used to craft in marketing the customer journey. Right? right, right. So it's like if you do this, then this, then this. And what's interesting is um, there is no customer journey anymore. We own how we engage with the brand. Yes. And no one can really take us through that because if the way I buy a car and research a car is very different than the way you do. So the question is, how do you make sure that as the person is, you know, interacting and creating data points for you, that you know at what point you can maybe, you know, personalize and engage with them? At what point do you, is there an opportunity to engage with, with data in real time that could move them further down a consideration path? Yeah, this whole con concept of the customer journey really is being flipped. I was talking recently with Glenn Hartman at Accenture Interactive. Hopefully the readers will have seen our conversation and he's emphasizing that the customer just changes all the time. I'm not the same person if I'm doing a kind of a leisurely shopping trip as I am if I'm rushing into a store to find something quickly. So it's a matter of designing for where, not just for each customer individually, but beyond that, designing for customers in particular moments for particular needs. And that brings us very close to the topic of AI, of course, because how you do it without AI, I can't imagine. Well, you, you know, I'm sure Glenn talked about context, right? So yeah. someone is on their phone versus being at home on their computer, being, you know, in the car or, you know, again, context. And I think um, marketers, a lot of marketers have been afraid of AI because they're afraid of, of, of their role being overtaken <laughs> by technology. Right. But what's interesting about AI is um, it's, it's, it's the ability to meet the customer demand on being engaged at the right time with the right context, you know, with the right content. Yes. And, um, what AI does is it, it's able to take the information very quickly and give probability to information. Um, it's also able to say, listen, this person, it gives you all that information, um, you know, predictive content. We know that this person is on their phone. We know that this person is, might be at the dealership right now. And so let me send them, you know, if you buy in the next, you know, 12 hours, you will get 
$1,500 off of your purchase. And we send that to the phone, and you're sitting right there about ready to make a decision. And so um, AI will allow us to do you know, much more uh, contextual engagement. Right. Um, and it will make the marketer's job easier because, again, I think one of the biggest complaints every CML I've talked to has is data. They yes. have so much data. And AI kind of allows us to, to boil that down, create simplicity, and, and again, cont- contextual best next steps. Yeah, it's easy to understand, I think, um, in terms of retail, but let's switch to B2B because if you've got an expansive B2B business, a lot of accounts, a lot of people involved with those accounts, you're also going to need to be able to do things fast and at scale. And that's, you know, we can talk about account based marketing, that's something very important to Marketo. That's also something where you're handling a lot of data and you really need to handle it quickly and effectively. Yeah, and when you look at B2B and account-based marketing and you're talking about accounts, and um, especially in manufacturing, um, one of the things that we don't pull into the decision-making process also, and again, you're talking about more data, is, is the transactional data. Right. And so taking a look at pulling ERP data in and then using AI to crunch, well, here's all the transactions they've done and here's the volume that they have and here is what they might need next. Mm-hmm. And so you know, being able to t- take more data... Um, use AI to to start to create some predictive around all of that data specific to an account um, will make, you know, one, the uh, salesperson a lot smarter in what they need to provide, and two, um, you know, through all these channels, you can, without a salesperson, be able to interact, um, you know, in real time on what they're doing. So you may have all of a sudden massive transactional data that, that indicates something about that account that you might not have had visibility to before that AI will say, Hey, based on this, you know, and based on the fact that they're on the website right now, here's what you know you need to send from a from a content perspective. And once we're talking about transactional data, you can see the next step um, towards the data about inventory, where stuff is located, what's available, supply chain. <laughs> There's just no end to this data environment, is there? No, and again, I I, I think. The more data that you can pull around and start taking a look, you know, around an account or around a person, and being able to use AI now and machine learning to 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 create use cases, and then you know, and here's the thing: AI and ML is only as good as the use case that you put in it. It's not going to tell you anything yes. otherwise. So, being able to pull, you know, inventory um, and IoT in helping make decisions on what that person needs next um, again makes us smarter. Um, and, and being able to, to interact and engage in real time and contextually at the right time um, to, to, to in, elicit an, an action you know, out of, out, and, and a need. So you're, you're determining that this person has a need that they may not already know. Right. <laughs> Coming back to the platform idea again, because as I understand it, correct me if I'm wrong, Marketo doesn't have a roadmap of providing solutions to all these challenges we've talked about. It's more being a platform which can be central to the solutions which different businesses use. And we talked a bit about consolidation in in the marketing technology space. Do you see it becoming a space where there are a number of major platforms competing and the single solutions coming and going? How do you see it? Yeah, I, it's interesting. Um, a, a lot of our partnerships are platform-to-platform integration. Okay. So 
Um, we are starting to see um, uh, a consolidation, not necessarily of an acquisition of, of a like kind to increase market share, but an acquisition to create alternative platforms. I see, okay. And um, so, it, you know, for instance, data management, we're starting to see consolidation there of multiple players into a, you know, a single solution mm -hmm. um, because they each, are, they each sort of solve that problem. Um, and then, you know, our ability to integrate into these other platforms um, to, to create different types of services. So um, things like, um, you know, AI platforms, yes. um, which, which start to create some breadth um, specifically around, you know, again, ABM is, a, is another good example. So um, we are seeing the consolidation into alternative platforms as opposed to consolidation into you know, a, a single entity. Okay, understood. So platform linking the platform with different abilities and capabilities. Correct. Okay, well, Robin, it's always fascinating to talk to you about this. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. And everyone, look out for the next one-on-one -on -one podcast. <laughs>